0: Good morning. good morning. All right, good to see everybody. Glad you're here. Welcome back to church. Uh, if you are visiting with us today, my name is Zach. I'm a pastor here at the mill. We'd love for you to consider filling out a welcome card. You can do that uh, digitally on your smartphone the mill.church/welcome the welcome You can also do that by filling out a hard copy at the high top table at the back. And if you're a regular around here, or if you're new, I want to remind you, you can go to the mill.church slash pray on your smartphone. And if you have any prayer needs today, submit them, and our staff would, would uh, be willing to go to the Lord on your behalf. So the mill.church slash pray. I'm going to give you a few announcements today before we get going and just take care of all these at once. Uh, first of all, this coming Thursday, there is a Thanksgiving meal here at the church. Thanksgiving meal here at the church. Uh, Do we have the times on that by chance? Excellent. So 12 to 3 p.m. 12 to 3 p.m. So if you're going to be eating alone on Thanksgiving Day, we would invite you to come and eat. We'd love to have you here. We have a team of volunteers ready to serve a traditional Thanksgiving meal. So, again, that's this coming Thursday. 12 to 3 p.m. My wife is working in Marshfield at the hospital, so I'm gonna otherwise be eating alone. So I will be here with five of my children. Four of my children. I don't have a fifth child. (laughs) (laughs) At least not that I'm aware of. (laughs) So, uh, Me and my four children will be here on Thanksgiving Day. I have five in addition to me and my family. That's where the number five came from, just to be clear. So come on out and eat a traditional meal. Child Dedication, December 12. Child Dedication, December 12. So if you have a little one that we have yet to dedicate to Jesus, we would love to do that on that Sunday. So sign up so that we learn a little bit more and can share about your child. You can do that at the events. Also, basic process will be held December 12th. You can RSVP online for that as well. This is our only prerequisite to membership. It's a simple class uh, to get to know the Mill Church. And we talk about salvation and baptism and the Lord's Supper and the vision of the church. So if you've yet to take the basic process, Sunday, December 12th from 12 to 3 p.m., we will feed you lunch on that occasion. We just need to know that you're coming So please sign up accordingly. Uh, Also, our uh, newcomer's dessert will be held on the 19th of December. So if you're new in the last year, we would invite you to come out and get some sweets, some treats, and get to know our staff, our church leadership. December 19th uh, at 6 p.m. And the last announcement I have for you, because we know many of you talk about Christmas Eve plans with your families, uh, while you're on Thanksgiving break. So our Christmas Eve services are at 3.30 and 5.30 p.m. Everybody say 3.30. Everybody say 5.30. So 3.30 and 5.30 p.m. We will have candlelight in both services. We entered into quite a deliberation in our staff meeting about whether or not we wanted to risk dripping wax onto these brand new sanctuary chairs on Christmas Eve, and I think we concluded with, what the heck, the Thanksgiving service is worth it, or rather the Christmas, why do I give announcements? I hate giving announcements, I boggle this every time, so at the Christmas Eve service, 3.30 and 5.30 p.m., we have ordered instead of the paper, little, you know, round drip Things. We've upgraded to plastic this year. I know, isn't that nice? Plastic wax catchers, hoping that we're going to spare a sanctuary chair or two. So uh, if for no other reason, come to our Christmas Eve service to hold one of our plastic wax catchers. They're wonderful. All right. And now, uh, with no further ado, um, we're going to get into today's message it is uh, Thanksgiving coming this Thursday. Uh, one of the most beautiful psalms of Thanksgiving is the 100th psalm. I, want, I don't do this every year, but I want to do a special Thanksgiving message uh, this year. And I'd like to read this psalm aloud. So in honor of the scriptures, if you would be kind enough to stand with me this morning, we're going to read this together. Are you all ready? All right, let's read. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name. For the Lord is good, his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. You may be seated. You know, with all my heart today, I believe that we Christians have truly been blessed by God. It's important to remember that this time of year. Uh, Of all of those who, quote, give thanks and praise His name, uh, I feel like we at the Mill Church have uh, many reasons to do so emphatically in 2021. In spite of a number of obstacles, I just want to go through kind of a Thanksgiving list to start off this message uh, for the church. Um, In spite of a number of obstacles, we are here celebrating our very first Thanksgiving season in a brand new building. I think that is awesome. And we ought not take it for (laughs) granted. Amen. So, in spite of a number of obstacles, this project happened. Uh, We fought to get the budget down to something we could afford for uh, really probably 18 months. Um, We went through a number of different layouts. We terminated a relationship with a contractor in order to build it affordably. I mean, it was just quite... The process, and I will tell you that we had just awarded the project when COVID hit and inflation prices sent construction costs through the roof. I will tell you it's by the grace of God that we were able to build a $2.6 million structure and not a 3.5, 3.7 million-dollar structure. I think it's by the grace of God that we're not still worshiping at the Midtown building and that this project was sidetracked or put off or delayed. Um, Inflation of material costs affected us in very marginal and limited ways. Glory to God. We're here. Amen. Um, We've also been dealing with COVID-19. Um, while there are a number of you who have experienced a loss of a family member, a close friend, our network has lost a number of pastors. Um, I know one of, uh, we have a member of our church who lost a brother, and I probably don't know everybody um, in our church who's lost loved ones to this disease, but by the grace of God, I have not personally had to officiate a single COVID funeral. And I am grateful for that this morning. I have a friend in North Carolina who got back from his sabbatical and had to hold the week of three COVID funerals. I'm just so grateful that the hand of, you know, God's hand of protection has been with us and and over us here at the Mill Church. Um, I'm so grateful for our church staff. We met this last uh, Tuesday. There were a couple new members. I don't think there could be a more enjoyable team to do ministry with than Leslie and uh, Brady and Dennis and Emily Stranitsky who's new. Uh, we have a few very part-time people that I am most grateful for. Chris Lang, who runs our audio Every Sunday morning, his wife, Robin, who keeps the church books and runs our visual. Every Sunday morning, they've been faithfully working out bugs in this room. We, were, we had our screen apart this morning, you know, before the service started. Still working out bugs after six, you know, eight months. I'm thankful that God gave us a number of years ago, Art Narvaez, who he and his wife, Pam, you know, Art regularly rehearses our team and schedules worship leaders and and gets the band members involved. Uh, We did this Hunter Spaghetti this last Friday night before opening day for the very first time and the Savikas family and Dennis Wenzel and Lynette and Dwayne Pupp and, and they served with such excellence. Like it was just, I went home and told Shannon, like you would be blown away at the level of excellence just... Ticket-taking and hospitality and to dishes. To, it, it was just done. You know, you see the, all the deer heads in the commons area that were left over from that event. If you are a first-time guest, that's not our gesture of hospitality on an ongoing basis, okay? Those are not permanent fixtures. They're just left over from our spaghetti feed. So just be aware of that. They'll be down by next Sunday. But our kitchen just performed beautifully. It was just, it was the first time we really used it for a big church event. And I found out that someone anonymously donated $2,500 worth of dishes to our church. We didn't have dishes. And somebody gave us a 180-seat dish set. Plates, bowls, silverware, coffee mugs. Um, I will tell you that... um, We parked that evening and for the last several Sundays on a beautiful new parking lot that was paid for. Our Edgar congregation, I just drove by a few days ago, has a foundation that's done. They're going to go up, up, up in the spring as soon as the thaw comes out of the ground. Um, We have a committee forming over the winter to talk about beautifying this field out here so that it's full of wildflowers for the next you know, three summer seasons. I I guess it gets more beautiful and more beautiful. It may look ratty next summer, but it's going to get prettier as the wildflowers mature, right? And I'm excited about that. And I'll tell you that um, best of we're going to cut trails back there and hopefully bring snowmobiles up this winter and have you park out here and walk in with all your gear on and and get track in, you know, wet snow everywhere. I love that. It's just like the best, you know. And I'll tell you that, um, be, you know, best of all, we've added over a hundred people since Easter. It's like overnight, just God blessed us with, with more people who are hearing the gospel. Some of them for the very first time. Some of them... We had the privilege of baptizing. Many of them gave their hearts to, to Jesus Christ. I'm so thankful many of them watched online first and said, we're here because we discovered the church online, which COVID pushed us to. I've told you before, my Uncle Harvey chased me around with a, a 80s camcorder on his shoulder at family reunions when I was a kid. I hated that incessant blinking red light. You remember that light? I was terrified. What do you want for Christmas, Zachary? You know, I had to answer those questions live. You know, is it six year old? Who wants to do that? Well, I, don't, I forget about the camera now. I, I just don't even think that it's there. I go whole Sundays with, without really thinking about the camera, and God has brought us to that place where technology brings people into the family of God. It's just been incredible. And we've seen a number of people um, again get acquainted online. And we're parenting. This is relatively new news. I look forward to sharing more. We're parenting two new churches coming soon: one to Rib Mountain, one to Arpen, Wisconsin. Now, if you don't know where Arpen is, that's south of Marshfield. Okay, so we're going this way, and we're going that way, and we're not—they're not going to be the Mill Church. or the Mill Church Rib Mountain, but they are going to be uh, River City Church and the Bluffs Church, you know, Powers Bluff is down there, River City Church and the Bluffs Church, and I'm thankful that we're going to have an opportunity to multiply. That was like the whole dream of building the space was new buildings, you know, are necessary for raising up new leaders and planning new churches, and we're already seeing that happen, and that's just extremely Excitable, and I'm thankful for you all because of your generosity and for you in general and your service. We were able to put up a family this last Friday night that stopped into our, our church for a uh, for, to let us know that they had a need. And, and we put them up in a hotel um, because of your willingness and offering up your giftedness. Someone received a hot water install last Sunday, like immediately. We just auctioned it off on Sunday morning. Who will put in a hot water heater for somebody in need? And somebody raised their hand, and they ended up going over to their home to a member of the mill church and installing the hot water heater and fixing innumerable other repairs, I was told, at at this sweet lady's home this last week. And uh, we, we supplemented someone's car repair. At Fleet Farm I was in Wausau just this, this week, uh, buying a gift card to put toward that bill. And we dropped off a ton of turkeys this week in trimmings at St. Joseph's Catholic Church, something we call Gobble, Gobble, Give. You guys gave over $1,200 toward Gobble, Gobble, Give this year. Um, even in a COVID season, that'll buy a few turkeys. You know, that things are more pricey this year, but we got a great deal... Um, So families have their Thanksgiving meal provided. We're feeding those who would otherwise eat alone on Thanksgiving Day, I mentioned. Volunteers lined up for that Thanksgiving meal we're throwing on Thursday without us even asking for them to help. They just said, we want to come and serve. How can we help? We've got, you know, 10 volunteers. Um, Our life groups are doing service projects all over the place, uh, I'm hearing. And Brady had a group of students out raking leaves this past week for somebody in need. We are dedicating babies soon, welcoming new members. We have newcomer's dessert coming up. Like, this has been such an excitable season. And I'm just so grateful this morning. Um, And it's rifle season. Like, this afternoon, I'm going to go sit in a tree. Like, that's fun, too. You know, like, this is just a great season and and we're tired we're, we're tired but we are so thankful for what God is doing and as your pastor I just feel like the future of our church family is so bright that's such an encouragement to me where we are and so can we just pause this morning and thank God for his blessing on our church family. Can we just do that and applaud God this morning? He's awesome. Now, um, I'd like to read for you a portion of a list. I just gave you a list of things as your pastor that I'm like super grateful for. Um, I want to give you a list that several housewives compiled. This is what they were especially thankful for. One said, I'm thankful for automatic dishwashers, because they make it possible for us to get out of the kitchen before the family comes back in for their after-dinner snacks. Another one said, I'm thankful for husbands who attack small repair jobs around the house, because they usually turn them into bigger repair jobs, and we call in the professionals. (laughs) Another one, I'm thankful for children who put away their things and clean up after themselves. They are such a joy. You hate to see them go home to their own parents at the end of the sleepover. I'm thankful for teenagers because uh, one uh, housewife said, I'm thankful for teenagers because they give their uh, parents an opportunity to learn a second language. (laughs) And another one, I think I actually read all of them. So it may be uh, that our our list is similar or altogether different than than these uh, ladies, but I'm convinced that we ought to make a list. I'm just convinced it's a good exercise. I'm convinced if we mentally, I think physically is better, writing it down, I would encourage old-fashioned, like, get away from the apps, you know, get away from the, 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 the uh, Google Docs, and just take out an old-fashioned pen and paper and sit down and watch the snow falling or drink a cup of coffee and make your list of things that you're grateful for. I want to challenge you to do that between now and Thanksgiving. I think you'll find that the gratitude in your heart will grow, will flower. Um, I will tell you that um, my list would include some things like personally, I gave you the church list, health and family and friends. And this amazing nation that we have the privilege of living in. Um, it may be that that more than those things, I would um, consider my salvation. Anybody, would you say along with me? I've done some things that I regret. I've done some things I'm not proud of. I need the grace of God. I need the salvation offered by Jesus Christ on Calvary. I need what I've done to be outweighed by something greater. Um, That's the work of God, right? So we're thankful for the work of God. Um, With Jesus, I think we have even more to celebrate on Thanksgiving than people who don't know Christ. Um, Even the Declaration of Independence says this, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain Unalienable rights. And it ends with these words with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, our sacred honor. So, Thanksgiving, I think, is a pretty distinctive holiday. My mother in law, she'll tell you it's her favorite holiday. Would anybody say it's my favorite holiday? Anybody? Okay, only my mother in law, apparently. Oh, two or three of you. Okay. So it's, it's her favorite holiday. I think it ought to be more of our favorites uh, in terms of what holiday we, we most uh, love and, and appreciate. Because it, it doesn't commemorate some battle, you know, some victory like July 4th, like our, our independence. Um, it, it's simply this. It's a, it's, it's a day that's set aside to express thanks to God. That's what it is. It's a day that's set aside to express thanks to... God, um, so at its essence, of, of course, while we, anybody enjoy a good homemade cranberry sauce? Oh, I love things surrounding Thanksgiving. Like my grandmother made the meanest giblet gravy you've ever, you've never heard of giblet gravy, have you? That's a southern thing. That's where they put everything into the same, everything out of that turkey that you throw away in the Midwest. Oh, that goes into a good Gravy. You're a little grossed out, aren't you? No? Anybody make gib- giblet gravy? Okay, a couple of you. So it's delicious. I love, I love the thing, things around a, a Thanksgiving meal, um, but I will tell you that at its essence, and I think we should teach our, our men and our, and our sons this, it's not about the Detroit Lions and the, th- and the Dallas Cowboys, right? It's, it's not about the settings at the table, Um, It's about simply expressing thanks to God. And in 1789, George Washington made this public proclamation by the President of the United States of America, a proclamation, whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, and humbly implore His protection And favor. And whereas both houses of Congress. Did you hear that? Both houses agreed on something. Whereas both houses of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to, to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer. Was it spiritual Thanksgiving Day at its foundation? Yes, it was. Yes, it was to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God. He continues, Now therefore I do recommend and assign thanksgiving to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be. And so read the very first presidential thanksgiving proclamation That's awesome. So let's get back to that. Let's get back to honoring the great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all that is good. Um, this week, on Thursday, our nation uh, will pause again to give thanks. And one would assume, uh, having already celebrated so many thanksgiving, that we would b- be experts by now. But I'm just not sure that's the case. I I think often it's opposite. It seems that the more we get, the more we want. You know? Um, It's it's interesting. My wife and I were, were blessed to have a dream come true five years ago. And we, I never thought it would happen at 40. I thought maybe it would happen at 50 or 60, but by God's grace we bought some land and I'll sit on it this afternoon you know enjoying God's creation and you know what happens to the human heart the moment the moment that you get what you've always wanted you start coveting what's just beyond the property line now think of it in terms of something you've got that you've wanted that you've acquired? How many of you know that new cars aren't new very long? How many of you you know that toys need oil changes? You know, things that we just so desire, and then we get them. And and then we're, we're thankful for a few days or a few weeks or a few months, and then all of a sudden our hearts get out of alignment, and we start wanting something else. Something different, something in addition to. Um, I think the 100th Psalm was written to deal with that heart attitude. And so the 100th Psalm, just by way of introduction, it was written for the people of Israel. God said at one point to the people, and I'm paraphrasing, listen up, when you come into the promised land, settle down into your homes, the warm homes that I'm going to provide for you, you're going to have plenty to eat. Uh, Don't forget me. Don't forget when you get into your new land, when you have the property that you've always dreamt of, that I led you out of the wilderness, that I brought you into a land flowing with milk and honey. Um, Does it take long for the people of Israel to forget? No, it does not. Um, I think we may be in need of a reminder too. And maybe God even had us in mind when this psalm was written because here's to whom it's addressed. The first verse, we read it together, says it's addressed to all the earth. And the last verse says it's addressed to all generations. Does all generations include us? Yes, it does. Does all the earth include central Wisconsin? Yes, it does. So this psalm is written to us. And the message of Thanksgiving is so deep and wide that I think it applies to every area and every person um, and every era of life. I would say the real danger that we have in this season is determining what level of thanks we have based on what we have. I'll say that again. Determining the level of gratitude that we exude based upon what we own. Or what we have. Because I think if we're honest. That's a temptation. Do do I have enough turkey to gorge myself? Sufficiently? Um, is my money in the bank. Secure? Enough? Am I healthy? Uh, did I get the turkey pointer? Or am I still waiting and been out of shape and we let these things determine our level of, of gratitude um, but all of these things here's what they have in common they're going to change at some time or another they're not going to be static they're going to go up and, and down and, and up and, and, and down and they may fade away and they may burn in a fire anybody know anyone to have lost everything in a fire that could happen Anybody know somebody to have lost a lot when the 08 stock market crashed? Somebody that was about to retire, that saved up for their whole lives? That can happen, right? Anybody know anybody that worked to 80 as a result of that crash? That can happen, right? So any of this in in life can can change, but all of these things um, can steal from you the gratitude that you ought to have in your heart If you let them, as a matter of fact, the only thing we have for certain is our relationship with Jesus. And that is what this psalm emphasizes. In verse 1, we read the name of the Lord. In verse 2, we read the name of the Lord. In verse 3, we find the name of the Lord. In verse 4, it says, enter whose gates? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. In verse 5, we find the name of the Lord. The basis for our thanksgiving is not our material possessions. The basis for our thanksgiving is the Lord. The author of uh, Roots, Alex Haley, had this unusual picture hanging up on his office, and it was a turtle on top of a fence post, and he was asked, why is that there? And he answered, every time I write something significant, I... I read my words, and I think they're wonderful, and and I think I have it all together, and I start feeling really proud, and I look at that turtle on top of that fence post, and I remember the turtle didn't get there by himself. We did not get to where we are on our own. We had help. That is the basis of thanksgiving. So we see five commands... In this uh, group of verses, this chapter is very short—five verses. We read the chapter in its entirety, and so I just want to—I just want to capitalize on these commands that we see in Psalm 100. Verse one says, "Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth." This word "shout" means like literally with the force of a trumpet blast. Have you ever shouted your gratitude to God? Have you ever been so excited at the goodness of God that you shouted to him in gratitude? Thank you, Lord. You're amazing, Jesus. From the very depth of your being, I praise you, Lord. You've been so good. Maybe God provided an answer for you. Maybe he gave you direction to pursue in your life. Maybe he's blessed you immensely, and you're starting to realize that these blessings are from God. There was a missionary named uh, Roland Allen um, who had someone come up to him one day after he delivered his uh, sermon. Uh, This individual happened to be a missionary and the individual introduced himself and said, I was a medical missionary much like you in in India for years and I served in a region that had progressive blindness. For whatever reason, it was like it was in the water everybody started getting blind, and people were born with healthy vision, and then they started uh, losing their sight as they grow older. And this missionary had actually um, developed a treatment that would take care of this progressive blindness. So people came, and he would perform his treatment, and they would be able to see, and they would thank him because their sight had been saved. And he said they never said thank you because they didn't have any words like thank you in their language. But they said this, they, said, they spoke a word that meant, I will tell your name. In other words, instead of saying thank you, they said, I will tell your name. Wherever they went, they talked about the missionary. They spoke his name. Um, this is what I think the psalmist is saying. He's saying suddenly you realize that God has been so good to you that you just you just can't keep it inside anymore. You've just got to tell somebody. You've just got to share the goodness of God with others. Your response to God is that of the indigenous people who receive that treatment for their eyes. And they say, we can't stop from telling your name. You're so faithful. You're so good. The second command is, in Psalm 100, worship the Lord with gladness. I want to remind you, that it doesn't say serve the church with gladness, even though you do that faithfully. It doesn't say serve uh, the preacher. It doesn't say serve the organization. It says serve the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. The Bible teaches that if we witness on behalf of the Lord, if we feed the hungry on behalf of the Lord, if we clean A kid's classroom, which the Grails do once a month, faithfully, like clockwork, so that it's ready for our daycare to operate and open on Monday mornings, then we do that for the Lord. If we participate in Gobble Gobble Give and buy festival gift cards or give cash so that we can provide turkeys, we do that for the Lord. We're not serving the church's wishes, we're doing that for the Lord. When David installed a water heater this last week, he did that as unto the Lord. Mike, when you replace furnace filters and fix leaking coffee makers, you do that for the Lord. I could go around this room. Rebecca, when you sing, you do that for the Lord. Right? He is our audience. He's the reason we serve. And and I'm not sure that we fully grasp that. Jesus said in Matthew 25, whatever you do for the least of these, you do for who? You do for me. It was for Jesus that that individual who the church helped had a warm place to stay after sleeping in his car with his wife the night before. That was for Jesus, right? Right? Someone made the comment, you know, and and we often make the comment when we're in a larger city, we don't see this much in Stratford, but we see people who are struggling and and what do we say? We're not sure what they're going to do without the money, or rather with the money. We're not sure what they're going to do with the money. Here's what I would say. Leave that to God. Serve the Lord. The Bible doesn't say give to the poor unless you're worried about what they're going to do with the money. The Bible says give to the poor. God's going to deal with the other end of that. Our response is obedience. When God tells us to be generous. We're to be faithful. Now I understand that that you have to think through critically. You obviously don't want to fund an addiction in an ongoing way. But how many of you know that a burger or... A few dollars isn't going to make anyone any more of an addict. Okay? Not in one instance. Um, The third command, come before him with joyful songs. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Have you noticed in these first commands, God has said, I want you to be happy. I want you to shout for joy. I want you to worship the Lord with gladness. And then I want you to come before him with joyful songs. Look at the people around you this morning. Every one of those commands had to do with joy. What do you see? Do you see joy in the people around you? Or do you see a bitter beer face? Are you familiar with that expression? Bitter beer face? That was on a commercial years ago. Okay? We don't want to be people with bitter beer faces. We want to be people who have joy. Who are serving the Lord with gladness. How many of you just... um, It's it's tough, right, when you have people in close proximity to you that suck the life out of you, that drain you. I need less of those friendships, amen? I need more people that lift me up, build me up, serve God with gladness, have positivity, have faith. Believe God will do what He said He'll do. Come before Him with joyful songs. Sing His praise with joy in your heart. Command number four. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us. And we are His people. We are the sheep of His pasture. I find it very peculiar... that one of the repetitive criticisms from one party to another party in this last two-year heated season has been, you're a sheep. You're a sheep. It's exactly who the Bible says we all are. We're sheep. There's only one lion. His name is Jesus. We're all the sheep of his pasture. We're not lions. We're vulnerable. We can get disease, we can be pursued by predators. The, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. the sheep of his pasture every bone every joint God's welded together our sinews our muscles covered them with skin gave us eyes to see brains that think fingers that pick up things how many of you are grateful for your fingers aren't fingers awesome fingers are great God made us inside and out he made us the way he wanted us to be and he's still making us that's important to realize too we are an unfinished product God knows we've come a long way since we met him he's still not satisfied with our temper just the other night, my kids invited me to play this game on Nintendo Switch, where you are a—it's—it's it's like playing soccer except you're—you're you're hitting the ball with a vehicle, um, and it's so fun. And I found my—I found my blood pressure rising as I was trying to score, and I was playing a ten-year-old and a seven-year-old. And, I, and they kept ramming into me, which is kind of the point of the game. And I'm like, you can't run into me! You know, and I had to go back to my 10-year-old the next morning and say, um, Levi, I'm sorry that I got competitive in that game. As a father, it's my role to see you delight in the game. It has nothing to do with me. Am I winning? I'm see, God is still forming this hyper jock 40-year-old man into his image. I got a long way to go. When you're picking on a 10-year-old kid, like you got a long way to go. Command number five. In other words, let's be the sheep and let Jesus be the shepherd. Let's let him form us, change us, rescue us. Number five, last command, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. In the Old Testament, the temple housed the presence of God. In other words, God resided in the temple. So whenever the people would come to the temple and whenever they would enter the courtyard, they would know that they had entered the presence of God. And David says, um, rather I should say that the, the temple, though it existed in David's time, it no longer exists in our time. But oftentimes the place where we say that we're meeting with God is, is where? It's not the temple, it's the church. It's the sanctuary. It's the room that we're in right now. Indicating, hey, this is God's place. This is where God resides. This is for the presence of God. This is exclusive space. This is used for his purposes, right? I remember this morning... um, that while the word sanctuary is is used to indicate the place where God dwells, I just want to remind you, God dwells everywhere. He's omnipresent. I've had some of the most remarkable encounters with the Lord in a tree stand or a box stand. How many of you have had incredible encounters with God in your car? Anybody here? I've had a couple of those. You know, in your... Living room at the coffee table, in your kitchen as the sun comes up, on some mountaintop. God is everywhere. So when we enter his gates, when we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, we can do that wherever we are. Not just when we come on Sunday mornings to this space. God's goodness and love for the Lord is good. His love endures forever forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Rebecca sang about that this morning. God's goodness and love and faithfulness is the source of our thanksgiving. What if God began to treat us, I'll say this in closing, like we treat him? What if we never saw another flower bloom because we grumbled when God caused it to rain? What if God stopped loving and caring for us because we stopped loving and caring for other people? What if God wouldn't bless us today because we didn't thank him yesterday? What if God answered our prayers the way that we answer his requests of us? You ought to go on a missions trip. Young man, young woman. You ought to give to that person in need. You ought to help that neighbor. What if God stopped leading us tomorrow because we didn't follow him today? How many of you are grateful that God doesn't treat us the way we treat him? He's patient. He's tender. He's kind. He's faithful. How many of you say, I've been unfaithful, but God's been faithful. Amen? Amen so let's just bow our heads I have no more announcements we're almost done we just have a few minutes left in our sermon or rather our service The sermon's over just give you a few minutes at your seat to start thanking the Lord would you just under your breath quietly at your seat start recalling some things to thank God for Now look up here for just a minute, if you will. I want to share uh, something vulnerable with you. When I was um, mid-20s, I was kept on board at a church when I had committed a fireable offense. It was kind of borderline. But it was something really stupid. And the pastor where I was at at the time decided to show me grace. And I will tell you that had he not erred on the side of grace and he would have erred on the side of judgment, the Mill church would have never been planted. Edgar would have never been planted. We would have never seen the numbers of people come to salvation that have met Jesus here. I'm not saying... People should always not fire someone. Sometimes it's entirely appropriate and justifiable. But here's what I'm saying. I thank God for second and third and fifth and tenth chances. Anybody else here thankful for second and third and fifth and tenth chances? God's good to us, isn't he? Father, we thank you today. We love you. You're amazing. We glorify you, we are small, you are lifted high, you are big, you are adored, you are precious, you are our treasure. Lord, we enter your gates with thanksgiving this week. We adore you in Jesus' name. Amen.